This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on PodClips. Masters of Dispute Resolution is designed to provide those involved in the mediation process with the views of the most experienced and accomplished mediators and others experienced in the process. Through our discussions, you will gain insight into how to address and overcome difficult issues and achieve more satisfying results in mediation. Your host is Len Levy, mediator and arbitrator with ADR Services, Inc., a leading alternative dispute resolution provider. Lynn litigated complex cases for more than 30 years and has been a mediator since 1998 and is a member of the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. He has been recognized as a super lawyer in alternative dispute resolution each year since 2014. And now your host, Lynn Levy. Thank you, Daryl. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Masters of Dispute Resolution. Today, we will be discussing gaining trust. And joining me today is Judge Jacqueline Connor. And uh, Jackie uh, is is just an incredible mediator and an incredible person. I've had the pleasure of having many conversations uh, with Judge Connor. And um, I have found her to be one of the most interesting and insightful uh, people that I have met, and uh, I look forward to our conversation today. Uh, Just to give you a a bit of background, prior to being a neutral, Judge Connor uh, was a trial court judge for 25 years. And with that experience in resolving complex legal and factual issues, uh, she has translated that very, very well into uh, mediation. Judge Connor deals with business and commercial contract disputes, uh, consumer rights litigation, employment, medical malpractice, personal injury, products liability, and real estate, among others. And has been very, very much in demand uh, since she has joined ADR Services. She was the judge of the year in 2012. Uh, She was a uh, top neutral rising star in 2013, which was one of the uh, predictions that did come through. So uh, I, I could go into her background, but it's available on the ADR Services website. And Jackie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Lynn. It's my pleasure, and I can just uh, thank you for that gracious introduction, which is all code for weird. (laughs) I do have a different approach, but it's all code. Jackie, you've been a uh, you've been a neutral. When did you join ADR Services? Twenty twelve. Okay, so uh, after being a trial judge for twenty five years and making the decisions four people. Um, here's a dispute. Uh, this is how it's going to be. Uh, you have translated that into being a neutral, doing not just arbitrations, but also mediations, which is really the focus of, of this podcast. And what skills from being a judge translate well into the mediation process? Well, um, you know, it's really interesting is that, is that our, our world has changed so much in the last you know, decade, maybe even five years, 
that uh, what I found with mediation is actually I'm using my entire life skills, being a mother, being a friend, being a daughter, being a sister, uh, being an employee, you know, all these things. Because the, the interesting thing, or perhaps the limitations about being on the bench, is that you really can't get into the facts as much because you are dealing with the lawyer's spin. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I know it was a, a wild introduction for me when I went from being a litigator. I was a prosecutor with the DA's office. So I went from that to being a judge, and I'd been in front of judges for thousands of hours. But all of a sudden, being on the bench, I realized, gosh, I don't know anything. And I, I also realized that when I was a litigator in front of the judge, I kind of assumed that they knew more than they did. We only know what the attorneys tell us and what they put in their briefs. So we're limited by the spin. And when you get into mediation, you're actually getting into what's really going on. You're getting into who's driving it, what the emotions are, and it's always, always personal. You're finding out what the what the real problem is, where the hurts are, what the expectation is, what the hope is. And it's uh, it's opened up an entirely different world that I find much more difficult and uh, tremendously more rewarding because I do see a lot more justice in these rooms of mediation than I, than I ever did in the, in the courtroom. That's interesting because one of the things that the, the perception is, is that judges do know everything. And uh, what you are getting as a trial judge is you are getting a snapshot of what is being told to you. Right. Uh, I, call it the, and, I, I call it a spin. I, I, <laughs> I wish it was more of a snapshot, but it's mostly a spin. A well-done spin, but it's, it's crafted. Okay. And, yeah. and you, you've heard how many jury trials? you have an idea or a range of the number you know, of jury I, trials that you've heard? Well, one of the wonderful things is as a, as a DA, and I didn't know it at the time, but it, it couldn't have been better training to do trial work because uh, I was doing a jury trial in the first week of trial. And I know in civil, it takes years before you get your first, first trial, your second chair, your third chair. Uh, so I think probably in those 10 years, I probably did 300 trials. And then going on the bench, uh, just hundreds. Um, I love dealing with jurors. I like dealing with the attorneys. I love the, the craft. Some was better presented than others. But it was still about the spin. And oftentimes when I would see an injustice done, there's really nothing I could do about it, uh, about it as a judge. Uh, and, you know, there was a huge difference between criminal and civil, where criminal, we actually have an obligation as a judge to make sure that justice is done, which means an obligation to intervene. And that's not true in civil. Uh, the, the advocates are supposed to do the advocating, and we are supposed to just do the refereeing and then make a call that we're supposed to call depending on the, on the law. But it was a whole different, different uh, ball game. And, uh, you know, I would often see, I, I, I tell this to uh, some of the clients sometimes in mediation, but I'd be sitting up there on the bench, we're in our little elevated position, and the attorneys are doing their dance. It can be a line dance, it can be ballet, all presented to the audience, which and the market, which is the jurors. Sometimes it's the judge. And the attorney um, are, is behind or around the client, but the client is in front of me, directly in front of me, looking at me or facing me. That's where a counsel table is, and I'm directly in front of them. Jurors on the side, attorneys moving around the courtroom. And they're getting punched and kicked and gutted. And I often tell them, I said, it's, I feel like I can see what's happening to you. You're getting your guts pulled out and your attorney will come back in and it's okay, it's okay. And they'll duct tape you back up and then another stab in the chest or the neck and they'll bring another little band-aid. At the end of the trial, they, um, 
there's a result and, and they win but they lose but either way it's it's dreadfully painful for these people who are not trained in combat like we are it's pretty painful right the, the emotional toll uh, yeah. is really something that uh, that I think at least in my experiences as a mediator uh, and and you're seeing with an added uh, perspective the emotional toll of a trial is I think very much uh, very much unanticipated by uh, the uh, the parties to a dispute yes. you agree? Even for professionals even if it's the CEO of a company um, it's still personal and it's still uh, painful it's unpredictable and as much as we can try to train or, pre- or prepare uh, you just you just can't. It's just like <laughs> I think sometimes with uh, my son who just has a new kid or people who are who are new parents, you think you know what you're getting into, <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> you don't. Right. Right. Well, y- you're listening to Masters of Dispute Resolution, and our guest is Judge Jacqueline Connor. Uh, we're chatting about gaining trust, which we will be getting into. We've just been hearing about perspectives from the bench and the emotional toll when we get back uh, on podclips.io we will be talking more about the value of gaining trust masters of dispute resolution would like to thank adr services incorporated your partner in resolution and its founder lucy Barron, for supporting this podcast ADR Services is one of the leading providers of alternative dispute resolution in California. Leveraging technology to drive resolution, ADR Services is committed to dynamism in the face of growing client need and an ever-evolving legal climate. Now operating offices in all major legal markets of California, ADR Services provides unparalleled in-person and remote resolution services through its exclusive panel comprised of more than 130 of the most distinguished and talented neutrals across the state, capable of handling challenging and complex mediations, arbitration, and other procedures in every field of law. When you seek the services of a neutral and you want results and satisfied clients, contact ADR Services, www.adrservices.com. Masters of Dispute Resolution is sponsored by the National Academy of Distinguished Neutrals. NADN is the premier invitation-only association of civil mediators and arbitrators in the United States, with members in every state of the nation. Only experienced ADR professionals who are widely acceptable to local plaintiff and defense firms are invited to join the Academy's roster. The Academy's website, NADN.org is the most widely visited neutrals database in the world today. With over 40,000 law offices, insurance companies, and corporations visiting our free website annually. Firms can search for neutrals by many criteria, including location, case expertise, qualifications, language skills, and most NADN members also publish their available dates, calendars, online making NADN.org the go-to website for law firms wishing to schedule appointments online with their preferred mediators. For more information, please visit www.NADN.org today. Most attorneys need professional liability coverage, but very few are professional liability experts. And there's so many options when it comes to legal malpractice insurance. How do you know how much coverage you need? What should your policy limits be? What if you've had a past claim? 
You shouldn't have to take time away from helping your clients to research professional liability coverage. And with lawyer-specific insurance brokerage on your side, you won't have to. They're professional liability experts. Shop California's leading professional liability carriers to find your firm the right coverage at the right price. Lawyer-specific founders Alan Debbie Hernandez have over 50 years combined experience working with the highest rated providers of lawyers' professional liability insurance. So trust the brokerage with access to over 40 carriers in California and find a cost-effective malpractice insurance solution for your firm. Go to lawyerspecific.com and click request a quote. Thank you, Daryl. I'm chatting with Jackie Connor, Judge Jacqueline Connor, about gaining trust in, in a mediation and the value of that. Uh, on, this is on Masters of Dispute Resolution on Podclips. And Jackie, how important is it for the mediator to gain trust of the parties? You know, I think it's the core of what we do as mediators. You know, mediation is not a happy place, although, as I've already kind of alluded to or said directly, neither is a trial court. But the clients come in um, hoping for some kind of resolution. They're hoping for justice. And one of the things that happens there is they're, they're probably not going to get it. And I need to prepare them for that because it's going to be a compromise. Uh, it's so funny because I, I remember directly talking to a client who had had many mediations before. He was, in fact, uh, doing it professionally because he was a, an expert witness and testified there. But I asked him what he learned, and he says, well, I learned that the facts don't matter. And essentially, he's right. The facts don't necessarily matter because each side is claiming their version of the facts, and I'm not going to be walking in as a mediator able to turn somebody around uh, for a position they've taken perhaps for a year or two years or gotten themselves to the point where they totally believe, even if perhaps the facts don't support it. Um, And I've had situations where... An attorney uh, has told me that they've had multiple, or maybe they had one other mediation before. It was a bust. So I asked him what happened. He said, well, the mediator walked right in and said, we didn't have a case. You know, that's not what they want to hear. Even if it's true, it's not what they want to hear. That that doesn't get us anywhere. The point is to reach a, a position of some kind of compromise. I think they have to trust that you actually are looking out for them, their, their best interests. I don't want ever to suggest that I'm an advocate for them because I'm not. But I think when they trust that I'm um, separate from someone who's out to get them, that I'm separate from someone who is just looking to uh, push them to the wall, uh, that I'm looking for something that's, that will be a compromise that they can live with, and they actually have the power to say yes or no to, if I can cross that line, I think we're like 90% there for a mediation. And it does take trust. They don't know who we are. Um, they've never met me before. Uh, they sometimes they don't trust their own lawyers, so I have to kind of parse around and tease that out to see if that's a problem. Um, the, there's many things the attorneys can do to help with the process. There's some that don't. But it's really important, at least in terms of what I offer, the approach that I take, that I am able to talk directly with a client as much as possible or to find out from the attorney what what are the glitches, what's the problem, what are the expectations, how can I help you. Uh, If they're telling me, we want you to just tell the other side to go pound sand, uh, I'm not going to be very good at doing that. I mean, they've already seen the briefs. They know what the arguments are. None of this is a surprise. Uh, So having me as the new guy in town uh, somehow persuading them is rarely, uh, it's just rarely possible. And so I try to make sure that's clear. So I I enjoy the interaction with the clients. It's it's really critical that, that they know that I'm in the middle and I'm not just saying this stuff and trying to make them uh, fold. 
you know, then it, I know it's not going to work if they feel that way. Well, certainly bringing your trial experience as a judge and giving them a flavor of what was going to take place, as we discussed earlier, is part of it. Um, but also, you want to you want to be able to learn what the concerns are of the client. Uh, how have attorneys assisted you in doing that, and how have they perhaps impeded? If you could give us some examples of of that, that would be helpful. Sure. Well. Um... The attorneys have helped when we're able to talk ahead of time, whether it's an advanced phone call or it's just a few minutes before the mediation starts in a, in a separate conversation. If they kind of give me a flavor, this person's difficult, this person is completely tied by the hip to her mother, this person is, uh, is, is feeling really uh, ignored or uh, used by the other side, just to get some perspective about what works and doesn't work. Because oftentimes, as a stranger, we can walk in and, and completely destroy the the uh, landscape by saying something or doing something that we didn't know was a tender spot with the uh, client. So telling us what those tender spots are in advance is is, is pretty important because uh, we can blow something with just an inadvertent comment or something. Um, and one of the things I, the things that I, I I find that I'm least effective with, and uh, I tell the attorneys this, is they don't let me talk to the client. There's a huge value in what I bring to the mediation process that they're denying me. And uh, they're leaving me just to, to promote their spin. And that spin hasn't worked before. That's why we're in mediation. Uh, so, uh, Or the other thing they might do, other than perhaps not letting me talk to the client, which is, is pretty rare, but they'll answer for the client instead. Or they'll try to give, you know, prompt what those appropriate responses would be that kind of pump up the the uh, uh, damages or something when it's not really the way the person is. And I'd like to know, you know, if, if the client comes across honestly and doesn't exaggerate, doesn't puff, that's a powerful tool I will bring to the other room because I will be presenting that client to the other room and oftentimes to an adjuster or the check writer who has not met them or perhaps has only seen them on paper with a, uh, with a transcript of a deposition. Um, sometimes they see them on, on a, a video that's been transcribed of a deposition, but oftentimes that doesn't quite give the full flavor either. On the other hand, if the client is extremely unattractive in a, in a way that will not engender sympathy from a jury, I would like to tell the attorney that. Perhaps the attorney already knows, but if the attorney doesn't know, I can privately say, look, you know, you can, you can get all your elements and you can line it up, but the jurors are going to hate this guy. You know, right. and you know that. Right. Um, and we have those conversations. You can't have that in a courtroom. You cannot have them in litigation. You cannot do that. But you can do it in mediation. And it's powerful and it's effective. And usually it breaks through some of the barriers that allow us to get to the point where both sides can, you know, I don't like to say the word tolerate because it's never really a win-win. But for me, anytime you avoid the, the war zone, it's a win. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> I'm going to try to show them why. Now, what, one of the things that you mentioned is that occasionally the check writer has not seen the uh, the other party. Uh, that exactly. brings up a, a subject that many mediators avoid, which is joint sessions. Do you ever use joint sessions? Oh, all the time, all the time, but never never up front, and only with permission, and only with uh, with a total buy-in. But there have been many times when I've I've uh, suggested it, I've invited it, it's worked beautifully, 
where the adjuster has no idea and all they see on paper is somebody who's scamming the system. And I'm going, you know, you got to meet this person, really, because she is terrific or he is very compelling. And I say, how about if I just set up, you know, let's just talk about Christmas. What's your favorite Christmas present you've ever gotten? Or what's the best Hanukkah gift? Or what's the best deed you've ever done? Mm-hmm. Talk about something totally unrelated just to get a feel for the personality because personalities are what jurors go on, I think, more than just hard facts. Jurors know that they're being fed the spin, especially in a fight over money. And I think it's a personality that's looking for. Who, who do they like? Who do they want to support? Who do they want to uh, find as the good guy? And mm-hmm. if I can do that in a, in a joint mediation, and I can do it one where it's not a free deposition or free opportunity to get information. It's more, let me show you what I'm seeing. Let me show you this. You've got to see this for yourself because you, you don't have to believe me, but um, give me a shot. And the joint sessions, especially in Zoom, it's so easy because the client is still perhaps in their own home or their own kitchen or in the lawyer's office where they're comfortable and they're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, we can orchestrate uh, an opportunity that just does not exist anywhere else. It gives them a chance to, to feel heard as well and feel seen. So the recommendation to, to make a joint session is something that evolves during the course of the mediation as opposed to something that is necessarily pre-planned? It's not usually pre-planned, although I'll I'll get an idea. I know in in one that I just had, um, gosh, a couple days ago, from the plaintiff's side, they were suggesting, you know, it might not be a bad idea for me to have my client and the other side's client in a room by themselves without the attorneys. There was a suggestion that's unusual, but a suggestion up front. So I kind of floated it with the other side. They were absolutely against it. <laughs> right. I think they felt like the guy was going to get harangued by the by the female client, and you're probably right. Uh, but no, never up front. I think up front, uh, oftentimes attorneys have to put on a show in front of their client. They have to be the advocate and the, and the um, gladiator in the room showing how strong they are and how strong their case is and they pump their chest, and as they should. That's what they do. But right. in a joint session, when it's in the beginning, it, it, can, it can destroy, I think, the possibility of softening the edges and getting people to take steps that they otherwise would not take. This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on podclips.io, and I'm chatting with Judge Jacqueline Connor about gaining trust, about effective mediation, and about a whole spate of of factors in, in mediation that attorneys should take into account when they're dealing with a mediator. Jackie, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, we are pretty much at the end, but I, I'd like to know uh, how can people reach you in, in order to uh, utilize your services as a neutral? Well, I am happily available. I, I do try to be as flexible as I can on my time, and I know it gets filled up, but I, I try to make things work. But this is through ADR Services. Uh, I have the most extraordinary uh, case manager, Ella Fishman, who can be reached at 310-201-0010. And um, I'm happy to be a service. I find truly that there is more justice in these walls than I, than I ever felt in the courtroom. And uh, uh, it, it, it truly uses every single thing I've ever learned my entire life as I'm turning 70 in a couple of days. Uh, I'm really happy to be doing this. Jackie, happy birthday. Um, Thank you. And <laughs> I, I hope that you will 
be agreeable to coming back at another time. This does not have to be a one-shot deal. You've, you've given some incredible insights and uh, perspectives that if attorneys don't pay attention to them are really uh, not maximizing their interests, uh, the interests of their clients. Exactly. So, yeah. um, Jackie, I thank you very much for the conversation. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again in the future. And I thank you, Daryl Wayne, who's my engineer. And I'm Lynn Levy. This is Masters of Dispute Resolution on podclips.io, powered by Infogen Labs, Inc. Stay well, keep listening, and remember, peace of mind is enhanced when conflicts are resolved. If you wish to contact Len Levy, you can reach him through his email at lslevy at adrservices.com, through Len's website, lenlevymediate.com, telephone him at 818-903-5562, or contact his case manager at ADR Services, 213-683-1600.